Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Welcome, Paul, to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Uh, delighted to have you on today. Hi, Heather. Nice to meet you. I'm glad and happy to be here. Could you give us a brief introduction on yourself for our audience? Sure, sure. My name is Paul Dior. I'm a co-founder and co-CEO of a, of a SaaS platform called ReadyWorks. ReadyWorks is what's called the digital platform conductor. It's kind of a, a fancy term that basically means we help large enterprises do digital transformations. We help them do big technical changes across the enterprise. And so, so our, our software was something that we built over the years of kind of doing these types of projects. Uh, we were operators and, and consultants in the, in the field doing this type of work. And then we took that experience and the know-how and, and ultimately translated that into a, into a solution and a product and, and been taking that to market for the last several years. Uh, so something that we always like to ask us to come on to the show is what, what exactly does the digital workspace mean to you? <laughs> well, I, I guess in its in its simplest terms, it's it's really the applications and and the devices that we use to to do our jobs and to do our functions. You know, that could be any form factor, any location, any any uh, um, device. But but essentially, it's it's the combination of of the the apps and the, and the physical infrastructure that it takes to to kind of run your 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 particular function and, and, and job. Great, I think that's a solid definition. Um, so I know you have a background in as we like to call the IT trenches, mm-hmm. um, doing a lot of these large enterprise transformation projects for some of the Fortune 500. I'm just curious if there's any memorable stories from those times that you'd like to share uh, that our audience might relate to. Sure. You know, at the end of the day, the devices that we work on are, are really the tools that 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 are used in a daily basis to, to kind of get our jobs done. And so when you're making a change to those workspaces, it's it's disruptive. It, it's it's something that people are familiar with. And then the next day, it's something different. And there's new tools, there's new elements. And, and you kind of forget at the end of the day, it's people kind of consuming that. And, and once you've made an adjustment to that or a change to that, that, that has an impact. Sometimes it's, it's, it's favorable and it's, and it's an advancement. And sometimes it can be a disruption and people are sensitive to that. And just recognizing that there's people at the end of it all, right? We're, we're in tech. We deliver a lot of technical solutions, but at the end of the day, it's the people who are consumers of that stuff. And, and you got to be mindful of that. And so, so when we do these big transformations and we're doing uh, rollouts or, or, or migrations for, you know, enterprises with you know 50,000 100,000 people um, keeping the people element in there is, is top of mind and giving them awareness and, and an education and a um, perspective around what's happening why this is happening uh, what's it mean to you how does it help uh, just helps kind of soften soften the the reception and and it, and it gets more people on board with the idea and and ultimately the success and the momentum of those progress of those programs uh, tend to flow a lot better so so you know kind of anecdotes from the field are, are just you know, awareness, emails, communications, just, you know, reaching out and, and letting people know what's going on. Um, and then, you know, they're kind of opening up and, and being more welcome to the change as, as opposed to something being done to them by, by an IT team. It, it really just changes the, the, the dynamic quite a bit. Uh, and, and one project we had in particular, at the end of it, the, 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 the office and the, and the organization that we were rolling out, 
everyone in the company signed us a thank you card. Wow, you <laughs> for, don't get that every day experience. in IT. Yeah, it was it was kind of a, a, an old school throwback and and a welcome one because we were we were really pleasantly surprised by by just um, um, kind of the, the the interaction and the exchange and it just really made the whole thing um, um, well received on, on all fronts. Wonderful. Well, yeah, I think that's a great philosophy. You know, the digital is such a big part of the employee experience now, particularly with hybrid and remote work, you know, being much more popular. So I think the the human side of IT um, can't be underestimated. So I know um, that you have a specialty when it comes to IT rationalization in particular, which can probably be more one of one of the more challenging things to deal with from an end user experience perspective, and certainly one that involves a lot of communication. Could you tell me a bit about how you think about and approach IT rationalization projects? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, an organization is is buying and 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 um, provisioning assets and applications and stuff to 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 uh, their staff, and that rationalization effort is always kind of top of mind, especially from the CFO and from the businesses to make sure that hey, do we have the right stuff in place? Have we purchased the right elements? Are we not overspending? And and do people have the right tools to to kind of facilitate what they do? And and so you know you want to be. Um, leaning into that that idea of, of best of breed tech and new stuff, but at the same time, you don't want to be overspending and being perhaps kind of wasteful. And so the idea of rationalization is, is kind of this intersection of making sure you've got the right stuff for the right audience. But really, the, the ability to do that is really driven off of data. And, and, as, and as hokey as it sounds, the, the simple question of who's got what, who's using what, in which functions is not a very easy answer for, for most enterprises to kind of unpack. We've got a lot of tools, they've got a lot of systems, a lot of things that that are kind of point solutions, but they often don't talk to one another. And so, so what it is, is almost like a kind of an overlay of a lot of different data points, but but not very good perspective and not very good insight. And so the idea of rationalization from our perspective really kind of gets driven from data that 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 gives you those that piece of information to make you make you have an informed uh, uh, decision. And so so that's part of what we experienced in the field for the last 20 years. And that was what was the catalyst for, for building the product that we did to kind of facilitate how do you rationalize? How do you know who's using what with real insights and real telemetry and real data from, from those systems as opposed to, I think this is what they need. And, and, and you know, oftentimes that assumption doesn't necessarily marry to the reality. So, so you kind of eliminate that and do it with a lot more precision. Totally. I think that data-driven approach is the right one. You know, you know, there's this whole joke about the scream test in IT where you just <laughs> turn it off and wait until wait to see if someone screams, um, sure. which might not be again coming back to the human element of that that digital experience, not um yeah. not so kind. It, it, it translates into a crummy user experience. And, and at the end of the day, we've all become you know, massive consumers of, of all different sorts of, of services and products. And so if you, you turn things off and you just wait for, for people to really give you a bad feedback loop, that's not very elegant or, or, or well-delivered or, um, or well-received for that matter. And I think that becomes kind of a, a downward spiral. So, so you, know, you really want to be more thoughtful about that and, and recognizing that, that we are enablers and, and we are, you know, we're here to serve. And, and these are just tools that people are using to do their jobs. So if you prevent them from doing that, um, you, you're certainly not going to win any friends by, by that approach. Yeah. Well, obviously, one of the, the key things that CIOs are trying to achieve when it comes to IT rationalization is that cost savings. I'm curious if you have any kind of value stories or, you know, for IT leaders out there who might be interested in taking on these projects or looking for ways to cut costs, you know, what can rationalization 
help bring to the table. You know, in, in today's economic climate, right, where everyone's talking about a looming recession, uh, uh, app rationalization, or just rationalization is is kind of the the um, a very recurring theme or or soundbite that you're hearing these days. But but it, it comes back to the to the same theme around it's data driven. If you don't know what you've got and you don't know what's deployed and you don't have visibility into how it's being used, you are making decisions in the dark. So so for instance, we have one uh, financial services customer. They have about a hundred thousand users, and at the start of COVID. Obviously, you know, everyone was was home and they were trying to to uh, facilitate their you know work from home initiatives and so forth. And then they just started buying equipment and and uh, resources to to deploy, but again, without a good basis of information and understanding what was what. You know, as a result of that, they they purchased the tune of I think it was fifteen million dollars additional devices and laptops and so forth that that now are sitting in inventory and kind of aging because they just didn't have the right data to inform what the purchases were and what they needed for their people to support their their functions. So so all roads really lead back to kind of that information that's out there, being able to harness it, make sense of it, and then use that to to to, to make smart decisions. And then how do you how do you kind of operate? Um, so so the idea of kind of cutting back and rationalizing after the fact is almost uh, um, Almost like putting a bandaid after you've gotten after you've gotten cut. The best bet is is to be a little bit more thoughtful in in the in the uh, in the approach out of the gates, and then you are you are you know kind of buying as necessary or or deploying as required as opposed to kind of guessing and then see where it lands. Yeah, that right sizing can really save you, particularly on the hardware side, mm-hmm. uh, if you're able to do that from the start. And when it comes to the user experience side of that, again, I think. There's also this thought, maybe users don't always know what they need or what's best for them. You know, IT can help support that. But sometimes when it comes to rationalization, there can be perhaps irrational or, you know, people have ties, (laughs) right, to their devices, to their software. Like, no, I need the full Adobe Creative Cloud suite. I don't care what the subscription costs, even though I'm only (laughs) using it as a PDF reader. Yes, I need the top of the line Mac, even though, you know, I open the same Excel sheet every day. And, you know, that's where I spend all my time. Um, how can IT kind of manage those conversations and communicate in a way that users understand and uh, doesn't impact their experience? You know, it, it, it's, it's really, I think, uh, um, there, there is no silver bullet because none of the tools and none of the systems have a perfect answer. And, and oftentimes the business and the users have kind of this, this, this hybrid sort of, sort of need and, and perspective. And so really what you want to try to do is bring all of those together in a way that, that informs the best outcome. So, so what we do in our philosophy is, is, you know, the tools and the systems give you a good perspective and, and, and a fairly good, you know, uh, um, true North or North star, if you will, around, around what you, what, what the direction to take, but it's very much a, you know, a, a consumer sort of, sort of experience. And so reaching out to users and soliciting feedback and, and trying to get input along the way is essential because, because again, if you have the experience that IT is doing this to you, as opposed to we are a part of this thing that the business is trying to do, it's just two completely different experiences. So that 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 bi-directional conversation is essential to understanding what the business needs and then what is the right kind of answer. So so we're 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 strong advocates of here's the data. This is what we think you've got. Hey Heather, again, this is what the system tells us. These are this is what we've been able to collect about you. Does this seem right? And 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 and, and almost kind of message that back out to you and say, um, do you need anything else? Is this the right the right uh, the right kit, the right profile. Do you need something bigger? You know, and and really just kind of engage in that in that feedback loop. And then if there are exceptions, then you handle those as kind of the one-offs. 
the vast majority of people will probably be fine. But at least you've given that that experience to kind of uh, uh, normalize or clean up the, the the experience along the way, as opposed to it just being you know the heavy hand of of you get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> Definitely, I don't think that that ever goes goes down too well. Yep. Well, when it comes to you know, say I'm a CIO looking for what's the biggest bang for my buck. I'm going to put my team on a rationalization project. Where where would you recommend uh, to start looking? Or can you can you do it all at once? Is that achievable? Or should you kind of start on the hardware side, start on the software side? Where do you kind of you know talk to clients about where the greatest opportunities are? You know, they're they're really two sides of the same coin. The, the devices and the applications that that run on them are are, are you know kind of you, you need both of those 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 elements and that that bit of information to really have an informed answer. Uh, and, and again, that's kind of where we came from. And that's the reason why we, we've taken you know, this approach to, to understanding who and what role and then the hardware and the apps. It's, it's a complete picture. And, and without one, you really can't make an informed decision on the, on the other side. And so, so being mindful of spend and being mindful of, of allocations is essential. Applications, I think, with especially a lot more SaaS applications, you've got the ability to be a bit more kind of dynamic and agile and, and consume or, or turn on or off your subscription versus hardware that's typically a longer life cycle. And, and you know, once you've owned or leased the asset, you've got it for a longer duration. So I think those tend to be a little bit harder to you know kind of turn on a dime. But but again, you know, th- those two those two stories really do come hand in hand, and and really got to be thinking of it in in a holistic sort of way, as opposed to you know somewhat somewhat kind of narrow or or single threaded on on any one individual piece. Mm, yeah, and I, you know, I'm curious if there are some other use cases here that um, have come up for your clients as well. I know you know, green IT has been a big topic. How can we extend the life of the hardware we have, or even um, when it comes to software, aging hardware, things like vulnerability, risk management, you know, how, how do we know our software isn't out of date and, um, you know, lacking patches, all of that. Are those things that also come up uh, with your clients as well? Yeah, absolutely. This story is really kind of one arc. And depending on whom you are in the organization, you might see it from a different perspective. So again, if you're an IT operator, you're thinking about it from the context of, you know, the deployment, the process, how do you get the bits out? How do you deploy those resources? And there's a a logistics and a technical kind of uh, uh, perspective. If you're a CFO or or someone that's more from the financial perspective, you're looking at the entitlements and the allocations and, and the spend on those respective assets or those applications. If you're a CISO, you're thinking about those same elements with the the risk vectors that they propose. Are they dated? Are they out of date? Are they not patched or incompliant? And does that give us kind of a vulnerability or an exposure that we need to be mindful of? And if you were thinking about it from the business perspective, we want to have the latest and greatest capabilities so we can be innovative, so we can uh, uh, bring the best products and service to our customers and and not be quote unquote laggards in the field of of you know technical adoption. So you know they're all uh, uh, the same uh, talking points. Just kind of depends on which perspective you have uh, and, and your and your audience, but but. All of that kind of kind of comes together in, in harmony around what's the right decision to make. So, so again, if hey, we're on uh, you know, a back office worker in a call center, we can get by with you know hardware that's a pretty uh, a lean 
profile with, with very, very kind of narrow specs. And we know that that is not really going to deviate as opposed to someone that's maybe, you know, a, a creative that needs better resources and better, you know, capacity and different tools to do something different. And, and all of those elements, you know, really kind of come together around making the right decisions around what to purchase and when. And so, so I think there's a natural tendency to, you know, kind of arbitrarily cut or look for the fat where, where, you know, where it's obvious and, you know, there's always room for, for being prudent and, and, and fiscally kind of, kind of conservative. But if, if you're really looking for kind of the thoughtful insights around uh, um, the marriage of the right thing and the right tool for the right person uh, that, that requires a bit more, uh, um, you know, a little bit more deeper digging. And, and again, it needs to be data-driven because, because otherwise you're, you're really just guessing and, and more oftentimes than not, it's, it's, going to be probably, you know, not the right fit. Well, um, maybe just to transition into the future of, you know, where we're going in the digital workplace and where IT is headed, you know, as someone who works in the IT rationalization space, you know, this company, what, are there any innovations that excite you or do you see, where do you see the future of this space going? I think what you're continuing to see is is this this ramp up of of just infrastructure everywhere, right? There's more devices, there's more things, and more ways to consume that than there ever were before, and it's only going to continue to grow. You know, you think about the work from anywhere sort of initiative really just eliminated the tether between someone being in a physical location and doing work. And then when you go to a store or a bank or a dealership or whatever, your consumer experience is fundamentally changing. And that's that's you know represented by by IoT devices and sensors and and, and data that kind of facilitates a, a, a richer experience. So I think the trends are that you're going to just see more of a of a of a heterogeneous ecosystem of stuff, vendors, parts, sensors, and, and devices in a lot of different form factors than you're probably accustomed to today. And all of those things have got to kind of flow in concert for for that to, to happen efficiently. And with that many moving parts, you've got to again apply the next level of of intelligence and the next level of tooling to kind of do that in a in a more agile sort of way. You know, the the, the old approaches of of just a few years ago really are no longer kind of holding water in, in today's sort of ecosystem of 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 how people are, are accustomed to working, the experiences that they expect. Again, I'll give you another example. We have one client who is Making a transformation from their old banking system, which was a you know mainframe application that was you know decades old, to to a new modern approach, and that is a function of you know the the markets today are calling for crypto, they're calling for you know four hundred one ks and da 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 and things that that didn't exist a few years ago you know in an older application setting. So that whole experience has changed because the banking customers are looking for something different, and so that means when they go into the branch and they go into the store or when they go into wherever. There's a different experience, and so so all of those things really kind of come together in, in 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 full circle about how do you determine the right profile, the right use, the right tools, the right whatever, and how do you kind of live in that life cycle of of the of the digital workspace experience? You've got to lean into new tooling, new approaches, and 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 really that's that's kind of what we're excited about on the ReadyWorks side, and kind of what we do as this digital platform conductor. Is it kind of sitting at that intersection to 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 bring all those parts together and and manage that at scale for 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 large enterprises? Oh, that's really interesting. So you're saying this is more of a kind of continuous 
process where it might not have been kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me one thing that you know, that's static, that isn't changing and that you don't know in in another two, three weeks or months, there's going to be a new version, a new rev or a new device that's going to fundamentally, you know, kind of be different from what you're doing now. That, that pace and that flywheel effect is is only going to continue to accelerate with more moving parts. And and so, you know, if you kind of kind of extrapolate where we are today and what that's going to be, you know, and not the distant future, you, you can't keep doing that with with legacy tools and an old approach and and maybe just some some you know kind of rigid, rigid kind of models that just don't work any longer. There, there's a there's a different approach and there's a more modern sort of way to handle that. Definitely. Well, as we come up on time here. Are there any words of advice you would give to our audience? You know, is there one thing you wish every CIO out there knew today or a perspective you'd like to share? I think that there are some incredibly creative, innovative people that are bringing together different technologies and different approaches to tackle these types of challenges as they are evolving and, and kind of taking on a new shape and form. Um, you know, things like AI, ML, automation, and, and and other elements like that, right? Those are those are those are technologies that are being applied to very, very unique uh, um, use cases. And you know, again, if COVID hadn't taught us anything, it's you you've got to recognize things are different. And and if that wasn't a catalyst to adopt or lean into maybe some some different approaches or or think about next gen uh, of technologies to kind of facilitate that you're 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 going to be kind of left in a, a, a perhaps a a somewhat rigid and narrow legacy sort of perspective and and you know what i would encourage folks to continue to do is just evaluate and explore what that might look like because everyone's super busy and and it's hard to stop what you're doing and 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 perhaps explore other approaches but these are the types of things that are really transforming how we live and work and you know, you, you have to you have to kind of embrace that as kind of the norm and that that would be kind of the recommendation for for CIOs and other other technical IO leaders. Great. Well, if a listener wants to get in touch or learn more about um, yourself or ReadyWorks, how can they find you? ReadyWorks.com. That's the name of the organization, and all the social handles are essentially in the same in the same profile. Um, but but you know you can find us in the Gartner Research around the digital platform conductor, uh, and 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 on the site there's a bunch of collateral materials in, in that regard where where we're looking to share with folks, you know, kind of what those use cases are, how we facilitate and how we help and and how we bring together some of those elements of technology to tackle these types of uh, digital workspace sorts of of challenges and and, and these modern motions. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Paul, and for all your great insights on the great world of IT rationalization within the digital workspace. Really important and timely topic. Oh, thanks for chatting and happy to be here. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues. 